What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the 310 Sub Podcast, and I'm here with the one and only Toms, and we're doing kind of a reaction to this past race, uh, Portugal, where Lewis Hamilton captured his 92nd win and breaks the record uh, for race wins in Formula One. How's it going, Toms? It's a lot to take in. We haven't done it for a few weeks, so I think we have a lot to talk about today. I'm good, buddy. How about you? It's all good. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, 92, I mean, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Uh, look, uh, we can discuss the whole thing about, you know, a dominant car. We can discuss the whole thing about, you know... Um, there there are more races now in, in these days than it was in Michael's day. For I, I'm not I don't think it's the appropriate time to get into that. I think it's an a, a discussion for another day. I think at this moment it's just you have to you just have to appreciate and just uh, just really understand that this is a very impressive achievement and and uh, you know two thousand six I don't think many of us thought that uh, this would this day would ever come, let alone uh, 14 years from now. But uh, it did, and it's, he's a phenomenal driver, and I and and you know uh, he's made the right choices. He's made most of his opportunities for the most part. Maybe not every single one of them. Uh, maybe he, if you go back to his career, maybe you can point well. This he could have done better here or there, but that you can say about every single career. But I think for the most part, he's been. Extremely efficient. Um, he deserves this, obviously, because you know, because he's gone out there and done it. Uh, so it's an impressive achievement. I, there's nothing more for me to say. I I really did not expect this uh, to, to see this so soon. But at the same time, my feeling is that as as we get more races and you know we get new talented drivers in, who knows? Maybe it's not going to be too long before Hamilton's records are broken. But uh, for today, as far as today goes, it's an impressive achievement, and it's uh, 92 and counting, so it's going to be more, uh, presumably. So, yeah, uh, that's it, it is a, it is a serious achievement. What more can I say? How about you? Yeah, I I'm kind of at the same sense that I didn't believe this was going to happen, say like three years ago. Um, yeah, probably probably my favorite season. In Formula One, in probably the last five years, was 17, and uh-huh. you know, Fettel's fighting Hamilton in the title fight. You know, Ferrari's finally on its way back, and I think Lewis had around, I think around 50, 60 wins at that point, and you kind of saw Ferrari gaining momentum. Maybe Mercedes is on more of a back foot than they used to be, and you kind of just thought, you know. He might get close, but I honestly didn't think he was going to make it. I thought the this sport was going to change, and he was going to probably get close, but I, I didn't I didn't think he was ever going to break it. I don't think I, I thought I was going to see it within you know his time frame being in the sport, let alone just three years. So it's incredibly impressive, and yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. I, Raz is probably punching the air right now, but. I uh, I think it really does bring in, you know, the GOAT debate that we've been kind of working on for a little while. And that that's a completely other topic. 
but it definitely shows his dominance within the sport of this age and being able to do it with two teams and then here on just a consistent basis i you're you're looking at one of the best drivers in history and you're witnessing history as we go through this year and now continuing on as you said he's not done yet this is 92 the team's there if they retain him in the next you know, few years i don't think mercedes is going to go anywhere so i don't know how many racks up but now it's just now he's just going to uh continue to be successful if he stays with this team so yeah it's do you do you think like this is the feeling that i have uh it's like you know, you know, I am not his biggest fan by any stretch of the imagination. But right. I've always respected him as a driver. Oh, yeah, and there yeah. are many things that I have reservations about him, also on the driving side. But but for the most part, as a driver, there's no question about his talent and his his qualities and, and so on. But there's a part of me who thinks that, you know, maybe if you look 10, 15, 20 years from now, that maybe... Even though he's not my favorite driver, I, I kinda, I kinda want his all-time statistical records to stay his and his only, in a sense, because for somebody to break them would mean that we would again have to go through an extended period of time, such as the last six, seven years, <laughs> whereby another guy, let's say a Max Verstappen or somebody like that, has to dominate again and then you know it's good if you're a max or Stefan or that particular driver's or team fan but it kind of sucks for the rest of the formula one world and it kind of goes against the whole you know motive of these new rule changes coming in 2022 and so there's a part of me who is like okay let him get his record let them stay and let's hopefully get some you know good good racing and, you know, multiple champions, uh, in there. Uh, are you in the same boat in that sense? Yeah. It's, you know, when you were kind of going and describing your feelings just a few minutes ago, I was thinking, you know, he did it in 2006, Michael, and then yeah. Hamilton comes in the following year. And it, so it's like having a rookie come in next year, say like, you know, let's say like Cameron Eilat or something. And then... Or, or Mick Schumacher. Yeah. yeah, or Mick Schumacher. And then he just never stops winning. Mm. And it, it's kind of... That's kind of what you're thinking about. And it is, it's in a huge personal gain, and I have the most utmost respect for Hamilton. I think I've I really learned to like him as a, a person more over the years i've always respected him as a driver i think i'm just more in awe now that we're able to see his talent just showcase and there's no there's honestly no fighting it so but as yeah as you said like in a personal gain it's you know unmatched now but do you want to kind of go through that that dominance again and i i don't know i think i think it will probably occur again I don't know at yeah. what uh, at what time, but I would like to have more of a competitive field, and I just think that it's it makes it more entertaining for you know a fan standpoint. I think it brings out a uh, I think it brings out the best in teams as well when they have 
you know, they have a title within reach. So for the sport's sake, I don't think I hope it doesn't happen again. But right now, I I can't really. This is this is the hand we're dealt, and Hamilton's yeah. you know, proving his his uh, his success right now. So I can't. That's that's yeah. yeah. But like that's also what I was thinking. Like just like immediately after the race, like you know, obviously thoughts go through your head and 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 stuff like that. And you think about you know the whole. For me, when people will bring up his dominant car, I would say like dominant cards like dom- it's, it's a it's a double edged sword so to speak because on one hand you say you see a dominant car and what that actually represents is the fact that you know this one team for example Mercedes is doing a stellar job in terms of you know advancing in their innovations and upgrading the car and making sure they're competitive and reliable and stuff like that but like for someone to become dominant it also means that the other teams around you have to suck. Look like they have to be really bad. And I think that apart from maybe a few stretches in 17 and 18 where Ferrari were kind of in the fight, but I think people in, in certain sense, they over-exaggerate Ferrari's competitiveness. I think it was a great car. Those two cars were great. I think they, they had more potential than maybe Seb was able to showcase on certain situations. Sometimes they got unlucky as well. But like, I think they were, they were, I think far, farther away than, than it seemed at the time. And, but for the most part, like Red Bull has been a shell of itself ever since 2013. Uh, Ferrari has been going to ups and downs, but they're most of mostly been down. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's this, this whole dominant thing. It's like, if you don't blame Mercedes for being good, like these are the other teams are the ones who are responsible to mount a challenge and time and time again, they failed, you know? Yeah. And so that to me, I think, yeah, yes. Mercedes is the most dominant ever. I don't think there's ever been like the late night, late eighties, early nineties, McLaren with Senna and Prost, it wasn't as dominant. Early 2000s, Shumi, Ferrari, it wasn't as dominant. Uh, you know, 2010s, Red Bull, uh, early was dominant only for two seasons in 2011 and 13. The other two was kind of close, actually. So, but again, I think these other teams have have let us down as well. Uh, you know, in in terms of what they what they haven't done in in a sense because they did the opportunity was there to be taken and and like I said at the beginning, Lewis just took advantage of the opportunity. You know, he goes out there, he drives and he wins and 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 he has a dominant car, but he has a dominant car because not just because Mercedes are so good, but because other teams have been completely unable in these six, seven years to to to, to, to build one, yeah, one serious car. So you know, and and he doesn't have a teammate for the last four years yeah. who can challenge him. Yeah, so, that 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 was my sense too. Is you know those two teams you mentioned, McLaren and Ferrari, they definitely had I think the amount of dominance that Mercedes had, but they didn't do it over the time frame that Mercedes has done, you know? Yeah. So yeah. You, you had these, you had these scenes, but probably just as dominant, but they haven't been able to do it for double the time. Yeah. So that, that kind of negates, you know, fighting that, Oh, you know, this car was just as competitive as, you know, these Mercedes cars, because it's just, it's utter, they're wiping the field. And what's yeah. also seen is, 
Yes, I think it is a lot with you know Hamilton's car. You have, to, but you have to be given the best car or near the best car. And as you said too, with Hamilton not having a teammate to, you know, I wouldn't say push him, but you know, take wins away from him. Yeah. And be able to capitalize on those opportunities as well. And I think that more more showcases Hamilton's talent than it does the inability for Botas to get there. I know we, we talk about it. He does have an inability. You you want him to be able to compete at an equal level that Lewis does, but it's not the case. And I think that's where you see Hamilton's greatness is he's, he's able to be put in the moment and then capitalize on the moment. And he's just leaving his teammate in the dust. And yeah. Hamil- uh, not Hamilton. Hamilton uh, Botas probably had a really great showing here for a good half of the race that we saw today. And then it just, he just fell off. Yeah. He plummeted again. And so it's, and then what he wins, he beat him by 24 seconds, 25 seconds. Ridiculous. Like that's, that's, you know, Mercedes in 2015 numbers. Yeah. But But like, and and don't forget. Yeah. And, and don't forget, don't forget, like, those 24, 25 seconds, remember that for the first 20 laps, he was in, in the second place. Like, this yeah. is over 45 laps, these 25 seconds. Yeah. Like, you know, this is, and, and for the second race in a row, Valtteri was in a position to win, he fucked it up. You know, and uh, Nürburgring, the same thing, he was in, in the lead, and then he overcooked the tires, and then he... He messed up the, the first uh, the first mm-hmm. corner and, and and it was done with it and obviously he had the reliability issue but he was he lost the race already you know he wasn't coming back <laughs> he wasn't coming back at Lewis at Nurburgring after that so you know and then it's true and and, and you know I, I, I'm not going to get into whole you know what Nico did better yeah, or, yeah. or I, and things like that but you know obviously you see the difference and 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 in 2000. 14 through 16, I think, you know, you, you, there was, it was a compl- it was a different team, actually, you know, it was completely, it was a different vibe about everything. And, 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 and yeah. So I think this, this, this Lewis Hamilton beating Michael's records and, you know, winning all these championships and winning these races, I think it's something that because the, as you said, the dominant spirit has been so long and because it's been so overwhelming uh, in many ways, I think it's, it's we it's it's difficult to appreciate these achievements now. I think five, ten years from now, maybe we'll go back and we'll see, oh holy shit, it's actually, you know, he has X amount of wins and X amount of championships and he did it for this for these this many seasons in a row. I think this is one of those times where his success has been so so uh, extended that it's difficult to appreciate right now. I think that dust will have to settle down a little bit. For us, or for Formula One in general, to, to really appreciate uh, appreciate you know the significance of this achievement. I yeah. think uh, so. Th- th- that's how I see. It. But, but no, yeah. I, I I agree. We we mentioned right before we started recording about you know being able to look at stuff in retrospective compared to in the moment, and I think it's just very difficult to analyze you know results in the moment. Granted, he he he's, you know, he's beat Michael. He's going to tie his record this year, uh, and championships. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it's it's a lot to take in, and 
looking down the road, and he still has time left. That's the thing. He still has years in the sport. So yeah, if he wants to, if he yeah, wants if he to. wants to. Yeah. So it's kind of again looking at it at five, ten, fifteen years from now. I think you're going to have a different appreciation to it, or yeah. maybe maybe it doesn't hold as much weight as we think it does now, or vice versa. So. Yeah, but just ending, hearing, or being here, being able to witness it is just astonishing. So congrats, congrats to him, congrats to Mercedes, and there's going to be, there's going to be more race wins, so we just see how high the, uh, how high the, uh, wind count goes up. Oh, um, yeah. Cool. yeah. No, hopefully not, not, not too many, not too many. <laughs> Hopefully we get to the to the to the top of it soon. So, yeah. Right. Um, I feel like this race was honestly pretty pretty good. We had it was decent. Yeah, it was decent. I I did really like the circuit. Like how you said before we recorded that, you know, it's it's an it's an old school circuit, but it's built. You know, it's a very recent circuit in terms of yeah. being built. But the elevation changes, the tight corners, the shallow overtake, like we saw a lot of overtakes in the midfield that were, you know, substantial and the closing laps that had a lot of weight to it. And that's always nice to see that they're able to have these overtakes that make large impacts, you know, later in the race rather than, you know, just like the first few laps that we saw. Um, yeah, you wanted to mention, well, I guess we'll go down the line, you know, Hamilton, Hamilton, Botas, Verstappen, top three, the normal, the That's normal usual. podium, yeah. yeah, the normal yeah. podium for this year. I think the one, one that stands out to me immediately is going to be Pierre Gasly. And I know you wanted to mention him. Oh, dude, it's, uh, I guess, you know, ever since Nico, I've said this billion times uh, ever since nico retired uh, uh i don't really i have been searching and frankly i, I really haven't I, I, there's a lot of drivers i really like uh but you know that that i haven't had that let's say emotionally invested uh, crazy uh fandom uh that i in those crazy 14 through 16 years uh my god that was that was a different beast but like uh, you know carlos Sainz. I've always appreciated uh, ever since his first days in, in, in Formula One, but I must say, what, what, watching Gasly race, it's just unbelievable. Is that, he's just, it, look, this is the Alpha Tauri. This is a Toro Rosso, P5, uh, from P9. I mean, the, the race, like the, the race win, uh, the race win, obviously we know, uh, in Monza, that was great, but you know, even the previous race in in, uh, in Germany, P6 in Atalanta. I mean, he is just he just puts a shift in every single time, and it's and his and the way like for me the the best part was like those those last two laps where where he was he was clearly catching Checo, and then Checo massively just like like changes the direction. He did everything fairly, but like it was massively like aggressive. Def- defending move and 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 like and for Gasly to he could have easily crashed into him but like he 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 concentrated at that moment he braked he got it under control waited another extra lap 
kept close, and then again, Checo was trying to push him to the inside, and he goes around the outside, massive, massive, like a like a speed up going into the the, the corner, and it, and dropped on, and 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 you know his engineer was telling telling him, you know, go ahead, do it, do it, go for the overtake, and he did it, and. And he just executes, and he's always there, and he maybe doesn't always have the best qualifying, but then he he turns up for the race, and it's, it's I mean, he's money. He's just money. It's uh, after all that he been after all. I, I know I, I I know that I I realize I'm coming off as a massive standpoint, right? But 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 allow it. I mean, it's P5 and a Toro Rosso at at, at Portimao. It was uh, it's just you know he he and Carlos Sainz, Carlito again P6. Uh, you know, it was P1 at one moment at the beginning. It was a crazy start. Uh, you know, these guys just go out there and get it done, and they don't always get the spotlight. But it's like they just they just put their head down and they just put a shift in, and it's and and they and they're fun. They're, it's fun watching them. It's fun watching them race right. and and build those gaps and, and 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 like these are two drivers who are good at catching. You know, they're good at catching guys and then overtaking. Like it's always it's, it's just. I really, it's fun to watch these guys race, honestly. And we had some great battles as well, others, but yeah, it's just, and yeah, it's, uh, again, and we will talk about it again later a little bit, but you contrast that to P12 of Albon and, you know, right. and, and Max is in P3. I mean, it's saying something, you know, and, and, um, yeah, it's just it's incredibly fun to watch. And I'll throw it back to you. By giving uh, appreciation to one of your favorite drivers, Charles Leclerc, P4. That that's incredible. In that Ferrari, in that trash ass Ferrari, it's great. Yes. <laughs> for real. No. no, but for real. Yeah, yeah. The the car's just been. You saw inklings of it in practice that you, you kind of this car. It's getting better. Have, yeah, that it's getting better. But yeah, P4. Good good finish for uh, Charles and. Uh, it's it's a struggle to see. I think a lot of the spotlight's not on him anymore because he was the you know he was so successful in his first two seasons, and this one's just been such a dud. But it is exciting to see some of these young drivers really be exciting to watch, even though they're not out here competing for you know a race win. Um, I, I I've kind of gone on the whole dilemma of what. What results mean between Leclerc and Fettel this year? I've changed hands so many times, and I just think that I'm just going to chalk it up to a bad year, and we'll see how see how next year goes. But good result for him. I think every positive result for Leclerc right now is, you know, it's positive for Ferrari to kind of have some sort of learning experience with the Grand Prix yeah. to figure out what's wrong with the car. So um, it was positive. In that sense, but yeah, Gasly is just, he's on another level this year. And, you know, I I guess we can kind of go down the line with, we were going to speak about Albon, and I think we'll kind of, we'll go into that from the topic I'm going to bring up now is, I really think that Red Bull doesn't evaluate their driver's and probably a in a progressive way because okay you see Gasly he had a very good rookie season he was brought up didn't meet expectations was dropped same thing potentially is going to happen with Albon he's given he he didn't even know he, that 
Alex didn't even know he was getting signed. He signed that Formula E contract with who? Dams? Something like that. I don't yeah, even remember. So I forget yeah. what team. I think I might have been Dam. But he, he signed the contract, was in the contract, was let go from the contract, and then sequentially signed for Red Bull or for Toro Rosso at that point. And then he got called up in 10 races. So, honestly, we'll, we're going to go on Albon for a sec, but I just don't think they give these drivers enough time. And, you know, I was thinking about it this weekend. You know, what's where's where's been a rookie that hasn't had a development and just set the world on fire? And I think the yeah. only one I've seen the last 15 years was Hamilton getting brought up to a top team, being able to compete yeah. immediately. But you can't say that's it for a top Fettel. team, though. That's yeah, a, that's, a, that's top a top team. team. But you can't say it for Fettel because no. he had yeah. he had BMW and Toro Rosso. You know, yeah. you can't say I'm looking down the order right here. You didn't. Raikkonen wasn't the same. Uh, yeah. Remember Perez Alonso was, was in a minority. Yeah. Yeah, he was in a minority, and then Renault wasn't. He, they were getting there, but they weren't that good in '04. They were. They were. They looked like they were gaining a lot of momentum, but it wasn't a title fighting car. Um, yep. Ricardo had what HRT. Yeah. You had. I'm just kind of going down. Sergio Perez. Remember had McLaren, and then just they dumped his ass. Yeah, but and he had Sauber before. Yeah, yeah, he had Sauber before as well. Um, Felipe Massa had the Sauber. Yeah. Uh, Jensen Button had, I think, Benetton or like Renault. At the, oh, I, I don't, or was it Williams? Like, he also started like like at the lower car. Let's say. Yeah. And so yeah. the only ones that have gone out, even Max had his tier at Toro Rosso. So yep. I think the only one I see on the grid right now or even recent years that comes out is Hamilton. And you're arguably. And that's an outlier. Yeah. yeah, and you're arguably talking about the best driver of all time. So you can't really compare, you know, Gasly sure. or Albon to him. So I feel like they don't properly evaluate these drivers. They put a lot of pressure on them. I think that I think the car is really balanced and set up for Max. He's good at what he does. He understands it, and they want this other young kid to be another Max. And yeah. I just don't think it's possible. And they burn all these bridges. They did it with Kafiat. They did it with Ricardo enough that he wanted to leave a competitive team. Um, they did it with Renault as well. <laughs> they did, yeah, they did it with Renault. So they're burning these bridges, I think, because they're thinking they're better than they actually are. And exactly. Now it's possibly going to cause you know Albon to lose his seat. So Gasly. I think he's proven this year that he des- deserves a seat in the sport. And if that ends up being Renault later down the line, you know, great. He might end up eventually taking Ocon's seat. But Albon, I'm struggling with because I think Gasly has put enough on the table to say, you know, he's bounced back. But Albon, just going to this sense after saying everything about Gasly and Red Bull, do you think he deserves to be in that seat? And right now, I think no. And I think they need to demote him to Toro Rosso and have him cook. Or AlphaTauri, I'm sorry. And have him cook and, you know, build up his skills. I think they think everyone's going to be Max. Yeah, I think like I think it's important. And I, 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 I agree with you 5,000%. I think that's a, that's a key point here. Before I get to Alvin, I think you, if you look at... Like Red Bull came in, uh, 
they took over what used to be Jaguar, right? Yeah. Yes. And and uh, one of my all-time favorite teams when I was a kid, like early 2000s, like Jaguar with Eddie Irvine. Holy shit, I love that team. Uh, but uh, like they took over. They they had that 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 those early like years where they weren't too competitive. They had like you know aging David Coulthard. But like very early on, like it was like after their like two or three years, they already had Fettel in the background, and then 09 Fettel is in there and. And, you know, gets a few first wins and then four championships. And then once Fettel is moving out of the door, they already have Max. So there was no transition and period. They had, they always... know, they had uh, Ricardo, too. You know, that Ricardo. was, was going to be the lineup was going to be, you know, Fettel and Ricardo. And Ricardo started doing well. They still had a, a very competent and successful young driver winning races yeah. in 14. He was the only one that did it besides uh, Hamilton and Rosberg. Yep, and you had, you know, obviously Max waiting in, in, in the woods, and you had, like, science also there in the system, right? And and, and and Kvyat, you know, he was still extremely young at that moment, and he had some talent because, obviously, he was there for a reason, right? So, and and, and they were kind of lucky in a sense that when Fettel went away, that they had already, okay, so Fettel's gone, cool. They can bring in Ricardo. Well, we already have Ricardo, a race winner, and we have arguably the most talented, you know, a generational talent, the likes of which we haven't seen probably since Hamilton, right? So, like, mm-hmm. that was, uh, like, this is the, the generational talent. This is the talent of his generation, right? And, and, and so they never really had that period, apart from those early years where the expectations were low in any way, where they really had to fall back and say, okay, so we have, you know, we don't really have that guy we don't have that driver and and so because they always had that superstar or even two superstars i don't i think you know even in those championship years okay fettel won the championship but you know weber was a top quality driver and they've always had those those guys and, and they've never really been in a position where they they have to they have to 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 look for that or or or, or see the qualities in the not so great driver to put it nicely, because they always had that top guy and they always compared everything to him. So if you look simply at the, going back to your question, if you look at his, his performances, well, I don't want to be too harsh, but like giving their own standards, giving the own the same standard uh, by which they treated Kvyat, even though it was a different situation, but still Kvyat and Gasly more recently, you cannot say that Albon has to stay there. And it's also funny if you, if, if, if you've read this and if you've listened to what they say, how, you know, a couple of months ago, you know, they had that very arrogant vibe every time they were asked, they were asked about Albon. They were saying things like, you know, only reason we're talking about this is because you guys keep asking us questions about him. You know, we love him. He's the best. You know, he's, you know, this is our guy for real. And I said at that moment, and you remember, Andrew, I said, if he if he's your guy, why aren't you sign giving him a contract for next year? You right. already you already know you already know at that moment when when the when the performances weren't good, they were sticking by him. And now how interesting, you know, just a few months later, now they're talking about you know by Imola he has to show you know this kind of performance. You know he has to prove that he deserves the seat. Like how it's so interesting, so hilarious, and actually in a sense quite cynical the way they're backtracking now. The way they're changing the narrative now, uh, you know, because they know 
just like you and I know that the writing is on the wall. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, and, 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 the, and, and you know what the worst thing? I think that if, if Alban, I'm, I'm giving you the floor back in just a second, but like the worst thing is that it's one thing to, to, to say, okay, this guy doesn't, didn't work out for whatever reason. But when you drop him and if, when you drop a young, young talent, you know, Alban is already low on confidence. He's already low on race pace and stuff like that. You know, if he goes back to Toro Rosso or Alpha Tauri, it's going to happen. He's going to get dropped. Like, sooner or later anyway. You know, again, his confidence will, will plummet even more. So Gasly is actually exception to the rule. What's happening with Gasly, it, 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 it should, it's not supposed to happen the way he's bounced back, you know? Yeah. And, and you're just going to kill another potentially good driver. Yes, he's not Max. Yes, he's not Sebastian Vettel. Of course he's not. But you could still have a decent driver in, but you rushed him to the, to the big team too early. You, 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 you demoted another potential guy who has clearly all the potential in the world, as you see in Pierre Gasly, too quickly. And now you're left with, 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 with the inevitability that you have to look outside your program for the first time in God knows how long, but they've since done it. Weber. To the, oh, yeah, since Weber, yeah. And, so, and it, but go ahead. No, it, but and I agree a hundred percent with everything, and I think it really stems with. I think the big catalyst is not taking Ricardo's contract seriously. Yeah, because they didn't they didn't take him seriously. They didn't think he was going to jump ship and go to a competitive team because they they knew that um, Ferrari was going to be set in their lineup. They knew that Mercedes didn't have any seats available. They just signed, you know, Botas and they were going to run with him. Yep. So they didn't think, oh, he's not going to jump ship to a, you know, a lesser team. So they didn't take his his they didn't call his bluff and so he left and i don't know how toxic that has gotten or how i do remember that there was a lot of there seemed like there'd be a lot of tension because you had the whole baku incident that really yeah put it into the you know into the spotlight but it was festering there for a little while because they were favoring max and so but but not taking that seriously and letting him leave, they just thought they'd take up their next new driver. But now, since the Confia incident too, they've just been burning new drivers, and now this whole super license, they're running out of drivers to promote a super license to. And so what are you going to do? Are you going to take an F2 driver? Who Who's the driver that they're looking into? Uh, Sonoda. Sonoda. Japanese. Yeah. yeah. So they were going to bring in Sonoda, well, now Honda's leaving, so now they're downplaying and saying, oh, well, you know, the politics aren't the same thing. Of course they were going to go to Sonoda because he has he – he was the perfect market one to have someone being brought in uh-huh. to AlphaTauri. And then Albon's not performing to their standards. So right now they're just losing drivers. The only thing that's going to save them potentially now – is going to be the drop in requirements to obtain the super license. But I think that's just adding fuel to the fire. They're just burning through young drivers and they're thinking that well we're going to we're going to hit we're going to hit a number 1 pick one of these days.
race. We're just going to, we're going to hit it. And he's going to have, you know, a podium in this first race. It's going to be like Max. And the likelihood of that is just remote. And I just don't think it's going to happen. And so they put themselves in a really compromising position going into these next regulation changes and into the year. And if nothing changes and the, you know, the stars align, who says they're not going to retain Max when the Mercedes seats opens up? Or maybe Definitely. maybe Ferrari finally gets their act together and uh, science is out. You know. Maybe just, McLaren are back. Maybe Renault are back. Yeah, maybe know? maybe McLaren's back. And at that time, you know, Ricardo wants to do something else. Like you just you have all these scenarios that could occur, and they're so. I think they're so narrow-minded in thinking of the success right now when they don't have the talent to exploit what they have and they're not competing for a championship right now they're just not they haven't been as you said for years so they're acting like you know they have all the pieces together they're they're a team that thinks they're a lot better than they are hands down yeah and And that's funny and and they're they're doing it off of one leg with one driver so i don't think albon deserves the red bull seat right now I think he's, as you said, he's complete, he's already lost it, yeah. but I think he's going to be demoted, and that's fine. I think he needs time to, you know, to adapt and learn, and look what it's done to Gasly. Now, I don't know if he has the mental strength that Gasly has. I didn't think he... I doubt Gasly, it. I, I didn't think Gasly was actually going to bounce back like he did. I thought it was going to be kind of a kafiat sense that he's kind of, you know... Me too. Yeah, uh, he just yeah. kind of—it's very lackluster. But he's proven that, you know, he can bounce back. And if anything, it shows Gasly, the market for Gasly is just going to shoot up if he continues to do this. And you know, somebody's going to falter, and Gasly's going to, you know, going to take that seat and get away from Red Bull. But yeah, but I think, but this, again, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like again, like. Red Bull again have have done the same thing. I remember when they said they were not going to drop Gasly, and then they dropped Gasly. Like Gasly has said many times that like he was surprised, he didn't see it coming. And, like imagine how Albon will feel when he's well, okay, oh, he's, he's on he's borrowed dropped. time. They they already said what he has to perform before Imola, right? Yeah, yeah. Imola's like, next race, right? Isn't it? That's next. That's next week. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then what? He gets lapped by Max here, and he finishes what? Da, 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 da. 12th yeah behind Raikkonen and Fettel and his teammate is is on the podium yeah his teammates on the podium and the people behind him are someone that was taken out early in the race and the guy who's yeah the guy who's 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 he's taken as well yeah a Williams Giovinazzi the two Assmobiles and the Haas and Latifi. I mean, he's not—he's not in good company with you know. I, I'm not saying they're not—they're not a title contender right now, but they have a top three car. But I mean, they're also, you know, a plethora of points behind. And that's not where you want to—you want to see album where Gasly is. That's what you want. At the minimum. At the minimum. Yeah. So yeah. I, no, I think his seat's gone. And. I th- honestly, I honestly think now I'm getting to like the long ass winded point that 
I think I might have brought up, I don't know if I brought it up podcast, is they need to take a one-and-done deal with a driver. And, of course, the name's on the board now that's finally getting momentum. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to be wanting to... I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I did say this like four weeks ago <laughs> before I got steam. <laughs> but it was, you know, Hulkenberg, Herc, Hulkenberg and Perez. And you bring yeah. these veteran drivers in, you have a more consistent driver. You're not going to tell me that Hulkenberg's not going to get six every race if he doesn't get taken oh, out. Oh, he's, per- he's the perfect fit for Red Bull. He's the, or, he's or the per- best. Or, or Perez. Oh, Perez too, yeah. So, but I think Hulkenberg is even better. But, but I yeah, think Hulkenberg yeah. is going to be the. I think Hulkenberg is going to be the one that they bring in if they they are. Or is what I thought about today too. We'll kind of go down the line later, but maybe Russell completely dumps okay. the Mercedes contract. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that. But I think I think the important part is I think that I think it's completely fine that that um, you know they look outside their own program from time to time. I think it's when you have drivers of that quality available, that's fine. But I think the problem is that they they got to this point because of their own arrogance. Let's be real. Let's be frank about this. Uh, because of because of their inability to realistically assess the situation, because of their impatience, because of the fact that they refuse to, 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 to treat every single driver uh, in a in a in a way that was appropriate at that time, which you cannot treat every single one of them like they're the next Petel or Verstappen. Right. And you know they burned they burned through all these drivers. Remember, we were talking about Gasly, we're talking about uh, Kvyat, we're talking about Ricardo, we're talking about Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz I mean, was there had, as well. Look at all the drivers that they've had that are still in the sport. Like they have talent there. And because it's not meeting up to the expectations immediately, yeah, they're they're dumping them. And so you're, well, they had the big thing is I have you ever heard the YouTuber Josh Revel? He does a lot of like F1 stuff, car stuff. I've so, seen his stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. He brought he did a piece on Albon last week. And okay. the big thing is is I don't know if it was in the comments or when he uh, what he said in the video. I can't remember. But it was brought up in that video somewhere that if they let Albon go and they sign an outside driver, it's admitting that their driver's program is a failure. And I just I, I disagree don't, with that. I, no, and I disagree because I think it's more mature to recognize you have failed and try to hit the reset button and actually try to develop. Let's get some points. Let's work on the car. Let's, you know, get some reward money the next year. It's going to be a transition year anyways because we're going to 2022. We let our drivers that we know in Gasly and Albon or Sonoda can be profitable later on and just have a placeholder. And I think that just admits that they can – they can look at something logically instead of saying, oh, he's not performing at the standard that we want for Max. I think it shows more arrogance that they, if they just drop him and then they sign like Sonoda to a, a one-year deal, which I don't I think would be, would be uh, outside their decision-making. That just seems like such a rebel thing to do. Oh, well, this guy's good. He's got a super license. We're just going to bring him up. Yeah. 
No, but the thing is, I agree with you. I think it. I, I disagree with the point that you know it's admitting that their 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 uh, you know program is no good. <laughs> look at what Gasly is doing all the time, or look at what what Science has been doing, or like even Verstappen. He's from that program, so no, it's not a failure at all. But I think what, what I worry about is is that I, I haven't seen from Red Bull's attitude. Uh, any sort of signals that would suggest to me that let's say they do bring bring in a Hulkenberg for one year. Let's say for one year they give him this, this one bridge year deal for this next season. I don't see any evidence in the way they operate. And after all these years, after everything that's going that's gone on with Kvyat, Gasly, and Alba, I don't see any evidence that one to it 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 it's it, it, to know this, for example, time to to graduate to the big team, for example. I don't, I don't see. Yeah, but it's not, it's not, not, not right now, but maybe next year he's in an Alpha Tauri next to Gasly. Right. And then, like in 2022, they, they decide to promote him for, to the big Red Bull team. But I don't see any evidence in the way they operate that would suggest to me that they are not going to, uh, make the same mistakes with Tsunoda that they have already made with Gasly and Albon. You know, it's, it's, I, it's, I worry that they're just, they're, they're just going to, Sign Hulkenberg or Perez because they don't have any other option, and then on top of that, you know they they uh, they they are going to do the same thing, uh, the same mistakes with other young drivers. It's just because they don't have another Albon right now to bring in instead of an <laughs> instead of Albon, it, it, they have to look elsewhere. But I, I'm not sure that they're they're they they the way they work is going to change, and that worries me. I think that level of arrogance, I think that you see already this, this tone from, from Red Bull about he has to perform on, up until Imola to claim his seat. That's, that's, the, that's the typical cold-blooded, cutthroat Red Bull tone all of a sudden. You know, it's still the same team. They haven't changed a bit. And that worries me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I think... I think their mind is already made up after this result that they're going to drop him. Now it's, yeah. Now it, it gets brings in does Albon just fall from the heavens and he mm-hmm. doesn't even get a contract next year and they bring in Sonoda. That that would be the most worried sense I would think for. I think that would spell that Rebel isn't going to win a title in the next, you know, three five years. Is if they do, if they stay on their bullshit. They drop Albon, they bring up Sonoda, and they, uh, you know, they sign Hulkenberg. What I, you would hope they would do is bring in Hulkenberg, resort Albon, and have Albon and Gasly have a strong duo, and then see which one they can bring up later in the following season. Like let let them develop and see where you go. And I don't, I don't. I don't get the sense that they have to use these these drivers. I never got why they have to bring up these drivers constantly every year. I've never gotten the sense why they have to do this. Like they have it's like they're having to showcase look how good our young driver development lineup is. Yeah. And Right now, it, if anything, it looks like it's just – it doesn't look like a failure. It just looks like it's completely inac- – it looks like it's run inadequately. That's it. Well, it looks like they obviously, 
yeah, yeah, they just don't. They don't. They can't analyze. They have good drivers, but they can't analyze talent enough to develop it in a in a in a title fighting seat or what they would hope would be a title fighting seat. So I don't know. I think I think that whole that whole scenario is just it's a clusterfuck. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't know what you do from there. You you would hope they would just kind of admit failure a little bit. And Well, if they drop you, Albon and if they sign Hulkenberg, that's basically what you're admitting, kind of. You know. Yeah, but at least at least you're trying to make sense of you're trying to get back on some sort of track i feel like i feel well, like yeah. if they completely dump albon and then you know bring in sonoda and then they promote sonoda in 2022 like if he's just gets you know a p6 or what i just feel like the everything would be so much better if they had more patience with it definitely but then again and then you then you look at the whole team well who makes the decisions is 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 Helmut Marko? Is is he the the final? He, does he have the final say all the time? Isn't there really some sort of a, I don't know a commission or you know a group of guys who understand that maybe it's not such a good idea? You know, it's not such a good idea to say ten races uh, after ten races. Oh, this guy's no good. You know, fuck him. You know, drop him. Like that's no that's no way to conduct a team. I I I, I just I don't know. Yeah, I think he has. I think he has a lot more say than they let on because they've they've tried to downplay his his weight of his role for the last like yeah. ten years. Yeah. And it's all bullshit. Like he he's he definitely has a lot more weight than they're letting on. And I think honestly, Horner has a lot of a lot of say in it as well. Yeah. And I just think that. They, they can't admit failure. And what it's they've done arrogant. is they've yeah, and yeah. what they've done they've lost. Science, Ricardo, Fettel, in the last six years, five years. And Gasly, Gasly's gone though. And Gasly, yeah, you know. Gasly. If if that seat opens up at Renault, he's gone. That's it. Yep. He's 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 going for that. And good for him. And good oh, for yeah. him. If if I don't know how I don't know about Ocon's contract. Ocon Ocon is up after next year. This year? So or, uh, next year, next year. So basically, oh, it's a two year so deal? for two thousand, yeah, it's a two year deal. So basically, for two thousand twenty two, you can already have Fernando and Gasly if you want. Theoretically. The thought of Fernando in the seat for like three years is just like that'll be all right. It's gonna be fun though. <laughs> I think it's gonna it's gonna be I think Renault's gonna have a lot on their hands with uh Ocon and Alonso. Oh yeah. But I think on paper if Gasly continues to develop and then he ends up at that seat, I think you have a killer of a lineup. You know, for Oh yeah, for... and look 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 at what if Science didn't have that loan to Renault I don't know if he would have been in the sport anymore. Oh God, no! And like, and they, and yeah, he could have been out definitely. And then he got saved by that, and thank goodness, definitely, yeah. So I, I don't know that 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 rants, those rants went on way for way too long, and we probably contradicted ourselves a couple times here. But I just, just saying, happens. Whole, That's normal. Yeah, <laughs> but I just think the whole the real whole Red Bull situation is just 
it's chaotic. And now, I don't think Albon was brought... I know uh, Greg loves him, but and I did too. I just... He's obviously he can't you defend can it he's anymore. Not he can't yeah, he's not it. he's not ready. But I it I don't know if he's still worth the seat. And I just think that you know if he was brought up in Renault or Haas or something else, McLaren, I think he would be showcasing his talents a little bit more. Same with Gasly. Look at look at what it does for him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we we beat that dead horse way too much. Let's go to another. Let's go to another driver drama then, huh? Let's let's go to another one. What's, the new rumors. What's the new? Oh, Russell. Yeah. You want to tackle that? <laughs> you want to go for I, another round? Yeah, I think the sleeper pick is uh, Russell the Red Bull. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> like if you if you want to like win, if they had bets on this, like Vegas bets. Yeah, like they I, probably I, do. I put money. Yeah, I, I'll put money on that. Cause, dude, if that happens, like, what's the likelihood do you think that that's gonna happen? Someone's remote, right? But it's a possibility well, the I seat opens say, up and is a young driver. He completely dumps the Mercedes contract because they're not gonna let that seat go, and he's just gonna be another Verline if Williams lets it go, and then he's gonna go. He can go to Red Bull, and then they have their whole problem fixed. Imagine. It's just imagine. Can and you then, imagine? And then and then think about and then like 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 everything we ranted for the last thirty minutes is null and void if they sign Russell. Yeah, but that's still but that's still kind of sort of because of their ineptitude when it comes to handling oh, drivers. Oh yeah, yeah, they well, have to admit defeat that Mercedes had a better uh, young driver than they. Yeah. Had. Oh my God! If honestly, if that happens, oh, okay, it's two thousand twenty, so. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, right. But the immediate the immediate rumor is is that he may not be so safe in Williams, even though he has a contract. And funnily enough, the guy who's linked to his seat is the guy who also had a contract, and then he he lost his seat. So, what's your thoughts on on Checo to Williams? Maybe the rumor. I don't know. Like I I've always liked Checo. I think he's He's a very solid driver, I think, for a midfield team, and he's shown that. Everything with Force India and Racing Point, he's he's able to capitalize on situations that he's put in. He's able to take home the occasional podium. I don't know if he's a title contending driver, but I just I don't think he's deserves to lose his seat as well. But as you know, the 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 sport is very cruel, and we're at the possibility of him getting that Williams seat and uh, Russell being without one. And F1 Twitter is going to lose their minds because one of their young drivers is going to be not in the sport if it does happen, which I don't really care. I kind of want to see. I just want to see it catch fire. But it's a shame because I think Russell, he's one of those drivers like, you know, Verline or what Ocon potentially was like with manor yeah they had this really i love that team i thought that lineup was spectacular and you know it all went debunk as you know but verline was really just i think he should have been in the he should have had a seat for a few more years 
he was going to be thought... the talent that was going to, you know, you had the rumor that he was going to take uh, one of the seats in 16 because they couldn't control their drivers. Like, he well, was at that... the... Yeah, yeah. He was at that talent that Mercedes was looking, and now we're four years later, and, you know, nothing has changed with the Mercedes seat. So I don't... I think it's the complete opposite. Mercedes is the complete opposite of Rebel. Rebel takes up every single driver and thrusts them in and then gets pissed when they can't do results. Mercedes never does anything. Yeah, that's the, and I think it's, <laughs> I might, I might, I might, you know, sound harsh, but like, honestly, you, you mentioned well, Ryan, and it's, that, that is something that it's been, what, four years now? And I'm, that is, that is something that I'm, I'm still, still, I'm still rooting for Verline. I'm still, I am, uh, that's the guy I haven't like, given up on. Like, he can do a seat. Bring him in. I am so salty about the fact that he is not in Formula One to this day. Uh, I thought he could have gotten Nico's seat after Nico retired. That to me, I think it's still. Uh, he would have done as good as Bottas. Would, he would have been better. I think he would have been more competitive. Uh, I don't care that Valtteri had good seasons with Williams. I thought that Wellrun was the better choice, but I, I have, I have, uh, my own, let's say, um, opinions about why he wasn't chosen, but I will keep those to myself. Um, and I think you know where I'm kind of yeah. drifting at. Uh, and and I think the fact that Valtteri has had, let's be honest, not not his performances haven't been anything to write home about for the last three years, but he keeps retaining that seat. I think there's something going on. Well, whatever, whatever. Uh, it's well, it's the people you know. It's the people you know. People he, you know. He, he is not, and he is not, uh, let's say, he's very ideal for Hamilton. He's not ruffling Hamilton feathers. He's not going to really challenge him for the title. He's perfect fit. Uh, and I'm really salty <laughs> about the fact that, that Pascal, it's one thing that he didn't get that seat at Mercedes. Is he didn't get a seat at all. And that's what you're kind of looking at for Russell. And then you look at Ocon as well. Yeah. And and Ocon was basically out of the sport. It kind of worked out, luckily, like for him. I'm gonna rage on that a little bit as well. But yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, and he he kind of it worked out that way that he got the the opportunity at Renault, but he very well could have not gotten that opportunity. And now you have Russell, arguably one of the you know you look at the young drivers. You look at Max, you look at Charles as the, you know, the, the, the youngsters that are with the massive potential. You have to put Russell in that same category for what he's done in a, in a, you know, again, you have to say trash ass Williams car, but, <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, it just seems like Mercedes are kind of a graveyard for young and, and full of potential drivers. And I think, I think this is more, of a circumstantial situation because, you know, Williams, obviously they have new owners and they probably thinking <clears throat> we're not going to retain this guy long-term anyway, meaning Russell. And uh, they probably see that, you know, a reliable and, you know, a quality and still relatively young driver in Checo is available. They want to start on this new project where they want to come back and they need a reliable guy. They need somebody who they know is going to be there for, foreseeable future uh somebody who also brings in sponsorships that russell doesn't bring in you know check has his mexican sponsorship 
uh, it makes sense for them, uh, definitely. But again, a Mercedes driver, one of the most, you look at Pascal Ocon and, and, and Russell, perhaps Russell is the most talented out of all of them. And he might be out of there. And it, I think it's, you know, it's not a good commercial for Mercedes Young Drivers Academy or whatever it's called. Because it's the third driver in four years who has been on the outside looking in. And two of them quite soon might be in a position where they're not only losing their initial seat, they might be out of the sport as, as a whole. And it's a shame that Russell didn't get promoted to Mercedes. He signed that three-year with Williams. I, was, I don't know how much shaded Mercedes have in the length of the contract, but if they had any, any saying that, I don't know, but if they had, would it not, wouldn't it have made a sense to sign him for two years to Williams? So you align his contract with Hamilton's contract? Like, I don't know. It, you give him that extra year and that extra year, which Claire actually, that, that option that she took to, to, to keep him for the third year, it was actually, Claire Williams' decision to keep him. And, and he might be out of the sport. And I actually think, I might, you know, bold prediction time. I actually think it's going to happen. I think Checo will be at Williams next year. And I think, I think Russell is going to be out of there. And it's going to be super unfair again, just like it was unfair to, well, Ryan. Uh, I think I think it's going to happen. I, I just I, my gut feeling is that 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 Williams new owners will take this team in a different and for understandable reasons to a different direction, and I think it's going to happen. I just think so. Yeah, I think I want to I want to really see how I really wonder how much like the new owners' decisions are going to influence, and if if Russell loses their seat, they're obviously they're pulling strings and they're not just going to let the the staff that was at Williams do what they wanted to do. They, they want to put their imprint on the sport as well. Yeah. And I don't know if you can really blame them. They might no, look at this as, it you know, they might, right. Cause you're looking at for Williams sake, you're looking at the long game, right? So you sacrifice yeah. Russell. Um, you're banking on that. He's not going to be a generational talent. You grab in some money and then you make a push in 2023, you know, or whatnot. So, yeah, I I do agree, and it, it's a shame because, yeah, as you said, it's more of a graveyard if if rebels the absolute get your name dragged through the shit. Uh, you know, Mercedes is the graveyard. So yeah. I don't I don't know where he goes from there. I think I think the possibility now. I didn't think it was possible maybe last week. The, but, but the more I sit on it, the more you say, too, I do think it's going to happen as well. I think he is going to lose his seat. And I think what's going to happen is he's going to be, you know, the reserve driver for Mercedes. They're just well, going to do exactly with him what they did with Ocon. Put him yeah. put him in the background and, you know, do all that. Which but That's bullshit, isn't it? You know, it's, I, Yeah, it's bullshit because they're, they're, they're not letting a, somebody – they still have, like, ownership over them. But they're not letting him have a full seat. They're kind of putting him in this limbo, not letting him compete when he's probably at probably the best portion for him to be in the sport and learn. They're taking him off the grid just to 
run a few practice sessions and do simulator runs. And it's just, it's kind of just, no one really, the only person that wins in this scenario is the bank account of Williams. And that's, I think, all they care about right now. But I think, yeah, I think the possibility of it happening is a lot more likely than it is not. And because you have to think, think if Perez loses a spot now, he has the potential of just not being in the sport anymore because he's, 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 yeah. he's going to be on the other side of 30 here soon. You know, once you kind of lose a seat of that sense, you're kind of done. I mean, look at Grosjean. There's no one's going to take Grosjean anymore. It's over. Yeah. K-Mag, same thing. Yeah. yeah I and, think K-Mag's over too. So I think, uh, yeah, it's a real shame. And the only thing I would, you know, hope for if that does end up happening is I guess Russell can just hope that, you know, in 2022, when they have the new cars, he's going to be partnered with Lewis Hamilton and they're finally going to let Botas go. I think if, I think that if they were going to pair up him with Hamilton, it would have already happened to be honest. Uh, Well, not maybe not this year, but like going into next year. My I, my only that, speculation for that is it's going to be new cars. Hamilton's going to be going in. He'll be thirty six. Or even so, yeah, yeah. He'll be like, thirty six in twenty twenty two. So you're thinking he probably has five years left from that point if he wants to retain. So yeah, I I think it's a perfect time to kind of switch gears. But you would really think that you would want him in the sport, and that's what I think is the new ownership probably just doesn't. I think the the Mercedes Williams relationship is maybe taking a little dent because. But at if the same if they're willing time, to take Checo, I don't think they're because that would I think that was more of a favor with Claire and Mercedes to retain to give him like the three year deal rather than the two year. Yeah. But I think, but it's, when you think about it, it's like, it's also not Dolentons or whatever the company's name is, like the new owners of, of, of Williams. It's also not their responsibility, you know, to, to, to clean up or like to, 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 to think about Mercedes as, you know, young drivers. I mean, it's, it's total. Oh, they own the, yeah, it's, they, they own, they own the team now. So their job is to clean up the mess that happened before. They don't have to. They exactly. just have to keep their relationship so they keep the engine. That's it. Yeah, and 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 they will probably do it. And you know, it's not like Mercedes doesn't gain anything from having a partner like that. Uh, and even even though it is a black marker at this point, but but yeah, it's like they they have to they have to look at the bigger picture. And I don't know. I don't think it was intentional or anything. But again, this is the third driver who you know is recognized as extremely talented, or you know you know really highly thought of in the, you know, the wider F1 community and, and seen as this, you know, perhaps even championship potential driver, but who might just end up losing his seat altogether. And at no point has there been an indication where they could like, like why not try to pair him up with Lewis Hamilton, like George Russell. I mean, like I understand, like I, I know that, you know, like I said, Botas is the, is, is the relaxed, reliable sort of not not ruffling any feathers type of guy but 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 i don't know it's frustrating I, I, like honestly you would love it if 
George Russell was next to Hamilton, he would push him a lot. Oh off hell board. yeah! I think it, I think it'd be I think it would be massively beneficial from a marketing standpoint for Mercedes. Yeah, and I, it's I a think British it'd be driver. I think it'd be amazing. And then you're like, oh well, this is you know the the young the legend teaching the young gun. You know, you can see the changing of hands happening before yeah. your eyes. And I don't know why Mercedes. You know, I. Well, it's I think it's obvious that they they have their young drivers program, but I think Mercedes because they're they've done so good. I think they're very confident they can they can sign with whoever they want because they're Probably. not a team. Yeah. And so they're not putting a lot of weight on their young drivers program as you know Red Bull or Renault or whatever does. And uh, if they wanted to be really invested in the young drivers program, they would have saved Manor. They didn't. That's a massively important point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I, I feel if if they did that, then you would just think, okay, well they're just gonna they'll put you know hypothetically they'll just put Russell on Manor now, and then they'll just run them until they're ready for the spot. But now yeah. because they decided not to help them out. And just kind of use Williams and a little bit of Racing Point as, you know, kind of their stopping ground, but not really. Yep. Now that I think Mercedes has just lost their young development, but I don't think they're really caring much. They got the best driver in the world right now, so why why, yeah. do you, why are they going to care? But I think it's also, if, if, you're, if you're a young and up-and-coming driver, and I think if you're an agent or an advisor of a young and up-and-coming driver, I think you... You look at the last four years, I think, you know, the last place you want him to end up is probably the Mercedes Driver Academy because there's no way you're getting to the big team and you might be done before you even begin, you know? Yeah, so, the the thing is, is it's when you have a showcase of talent like in a sport here, I don't think you have a lot of choice, as, as you said, if you were a, such a really know high tier talented in another sport you know like i don't know if you would have as much of the choice just because it's so much money that okay well maybe i'll get a lesser no one else has offered me a contract and i'll probably have a lesser chance of making it you know long term in formula one but mercedes has offered me a young driver's contract are you not gonna take that and say no like you're gonna take it you're just gonna take it yeah because if you if you say no that could be it. You're over. I mean, you see how how ruthless the sport is. So I think people are these kids are put in the positions that yeah they got to take this contract. But yeah, as you said, it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that it's a dead end right now. Yeah. So we, we like, could potentially I'll, have Russell just not on the grid next year. But that's unbelievable. If you look at what he's done, look at what he's been able to do with that brilliant. And to think that he might not be in the sport at all, that, that to me, it's, it's kind of a shocker, I'll be honest with you. I, I cannot believe that we're even talking about this, but we are. It's, well, that's, yeah. that's the sense that I think the most, whoever's, I, I'm not really big in like the agent game, and what you know, I'm pretty sure it has to just do with, it has to do with everything with relationships, but Ocon is like the perfect example of what you want to be as a young driver he's part of, he was part of mercedes he had ties to renault 
he was on manor he raced for racing point like the amount of fingers he had in different teams oh yeah he he just he, you knew he was probably going to get back into the sport and i will say this right now everyone that's bitching about Ocon or about like roma and grosjean and everyone losing their seat you're grilling Ocon for the same thing you were crying about two years ago so that yep. that's just an annoyance i'll bring you and i talked about that early in the week i just think that's you know i think but anyways that, with, that with Ocon, yeah but with Ocon. He was in the perfect position to just get a seat. And that's what it kind of seemed to Russell is, do you just try to dump that Mercedes contract and sign with, like, Ferrari? But he's going to be out of the sport anyway. Yeah, but if you you dump it, if you dump that Mercedes contract, if if they terminate his contract and they sign Perez and they buy him out, and he goes yeah. to say he signs a Ferrari contract, at least that opens, you know, six seats rather than a potential six seats rather than two. That you know, is he true. could be an alpha, he could be in Haas. I you know, because that's another thing that they've said is, you know, who's Haas taking, which is probably gonna be Mazepin and Schumacher. Yeah, yeah Mazepin and Schumacher or uh Isla, yeah. Yeah, Isla, and then Schumacher goes to Alpha or whatnot. So that's that's kind of like the worst kept secret is, you know, Mazepin's getting a seat, and so does Schumacher. It's just who it fills out with. But yeah, for Russell, you might have a thing that Latifi and Mazepin have a seat, but he doesn't, and that just fucking, fucking crazy. Sucks. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh jeez, yeah. I can't. Like I said, I cannot believe we're even talking about this. But uh, it did. It, it, like this rumor. Yeah, I, I didn't see this one coming at all, at all. But, oh, uh, man, it sucks, you know, again. Yeah, I made the joke about F1 Twitter blowing up and me wanting to see it, but like, I don't want to I don't want to see this kid lose a seat. He's He could potentially be, you know, he's definitely a driver that can capture podiums on the right team, and he does yeah. have some showcase that he could be even more than that. So that really sucks. What else do you, anything else that's on your mind you wanted to cover? I'm kind of looking through. I mean, you want to do, thing. you want to, oh yeah, we can talk about Haas. Uh, uh, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're dumping the driver. I went in the drunk for four years, so, and they're probably going to sign two pay drivers. I'm not really interested. The car sucks. <laughs> my, my country's car team sucks. So no, I'm, I'm fine not talking about it. It's it's not okay. it's not bittersweet because I'm happy I lose Grosjean and a Haas, but the car's trash, so it really doesn't matter who they put in. Yeah. Well, if Schumacher ends up there, if Schumacher ends up there, at least they'll have some marketing, some 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 more attention, let's say. Yeah. But but you need more than that at the moment. So. Yeah, that's true. Well, I have a I have a random topic. I, I, I was thinking about Shoot. this other day. Yeah, let's, let's uh, go for it. Just you know, completely random. Uh, in your opinion, who is of all time? I know it's difficult, but who is the most underrated driver of all time? In your opinion, like of all time? 
Of all time, all time. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. I'll, I'll, I can start. For me, it's Damon Hill. That's a, good, think, that's a good one. I, I, I think I think he doesn't get the credit he deserves, honestly. I think he just... Like, everybody knows his dad. Everybody knows that he is the world champion. Everybody knows kind of sort of the, you know, the battles with Shumi that he had and everything. But I honestly don't believe that people give him enough credit I don't think people realize how good he was in those mid '90s, and even even later on, when like some of his performances with Jordan, and the it way was the he arrows, it was the arrows move that killed him. Yeah, that that was that that was yeah. When he when he made the arrows move, he completely just that that move ruined his whole career. That is true, but even then, even no, I'm not arrows. saying it was. I think that was more of a you know that was that that team was terrible yeah yeah exactly i know i know i, I think know that's what, what killed it It wasn't him i think that's a it's a stellar choice yeah oh uh, what, what would you say i'm gonna go with it's another an, i'm gonna go with another 90s legend okay hackinen Ooh. hackinen that's a good shot I, well. I think hackinen is so underrated for what he was. I think of all these, you know, drivers that have like won a couple championships. I think Hakkinen was is better than Alonso. He was better he's better than Kimmy. Like I think Hakkinen was he's like one of these lost The nineties really had a like Damon, Hakkinen, uh Berger, Alessi. Oh uh, yeah, Lacey, Villeneuve. Like they had all these drivers that just like you don't really talk about it. But they were so good, actually. Yeah, but they were also really. It was. It, I think it was just a really weird time because after Senna, it was just kind of like, oh. And then Shumi wasn't there quite yet. Like he had the couple with Benetton, but he wasn't like you know, he wasn't yeah. like 2003, 2002 height Red Baron, you know, Shumi yet. Yeah, yeah. I say I have to say Hakkinen. That's a good. That's a good question. I I agree. I agree. I think I think to me another guy who maybe some people will maybe smirk when they hear this, but I think this guy that I'm about to mention not only does he I love I love the bold picks I love I love bold no, picks. I think you know okay maybe like I was gonna say you know not only is he underrated in a certain sense he's also one of the greatest drivers of all time maybe he's not Lauda or Shumi or Hamilton or Sen or Prost what, but the person but, you're gonna mention. Uh, yeah, the first thing I'm okay. gonna mention. I, you wanna he, here? Throw me, throw me a time span, and let me see if I can guess it. Seventies. Seventies. Oh, I think this guy is also very underrated, but his his uh, his accomplishment makes him one of the greatest of all time. It's Jackie Stewart. Yeah. I think he's also very underrated in terms of. What he accomplished, what he went through, when you know the time that he raced in, extremely dangerous, uh, three championships. The guy never really gets mentioned that often as he as he should be, in my opinion. You know, he's also that that you know that fun guy with you know with the great outfits and he always has you know the the, the interesting takes on Formula One and everything. But yeah. he was 
people don't realize. You look at what he accomplished, and like like I said, the era when he raced in. That guy is 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 he's incredible. He's one of the greatest drivers of all time, honestly. You know. Yeah, I think he I think he gets overlooked now. He he's done a lot for the safety of the sport, so that's like his big yeah. legacy now, right? But now yeah, yeah. it's now everything you see him in the news is, uh, you know, him against Hamilton and the whole new, uh, you know, perspective of race and using your platform and the racial discrimination and everything. So it's this yeah, whole yeah. battle. And I think it really overshadows what he does as a driver. And I think people can. This is, you know, my opinion. I think you can have your own, but I think. You have to look at it as two perspectives. You can look him, look at him as a driver, and you can look him, look at him as a person. Like a lot of the stuff he says about Hamilton and the whole, you know, movement and everything, I don't agree with Stewart. But okay. you can't take away with what he did. Like, yeah, he he's one of the greatest drivers of all time in the sport, and I think people are a lot more. I think they use a lot of that kind of stuff to impact their thoughts of a driver. Um, yeah, but I, I think thought... you know, sometimes you, 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 there's always the guys you, you hear always mentioned, and they are mentioned rightly. Like you hear guys mentioned like Fittipaldi, like Piquet. That's like who Maxwell. I was going to guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Fittipaldi. That same that same uh, error. That's right. But like. Like you, you hear those guys mentioned, and they were phenomenal drivers as well. But I just think I, I just don't think Jackie is mentioned enough, in my opinion. I, one of those things, I think. But yeah, I, I, I agree with with Hakkinen. I think Damon Hill, Jackie Stewart, uh, Hakkinen. There's more definitely there you can mention, but but yeah. No, I, those I like are, it. I like it. So yeah, anything. I mean, we're going, we're going next week already to Imola for the first time since 2006. That's gonna be fun, maybe or maybe not. We'll see. I, I don't know how much how good these cars will be for racing in that track, which had problems with overtaking even in 2005 or 2006. Yeah, we we did. I think I still have it on the back burner. I think I'm, I might post that one too. I had a Raz, Raz, Greg, and I. Did the uh, like the re- retrospective, rewatch retrospective thing about the 05 and 06 Imola Grand, uh, the San Marino Grand Prix, the Alonso yeah. and Shumi duels back to back, and I think I might I still have it in the archives, so I think I'm gonna post that. I think it's a good time to do it. But yeah, looking at 06, it was it was difficult to overtake. It was just trains. And it was uh-huh. if you made a mistake, that's where you got to overtake. And so I don't know. And I think these cars are probably are definitely worse in terms of overtake. Oh yeah. The only the only argument you can say is they have DRS, so you're going to have an overtake. Yeah. But it's so artificial that I, I don't know. I don't. I just I don't know if it flows as well. It's going to be nice to see F1 cars back on the track. I. I would have to see, I don't know, it might be one of those, you know, like Mugello wasn't really good for F1 racing, but, you know, the first, like, 20 laps was just so chaotic that it was amazing. Yeah, and I think that that venue itself, it's just, it's so, it's so historic, it's almost, you know, it's just, 
yeah, it's one of those 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 tracks that uh, it just it just has to be on the calendar, in my opinion. Uh, it's going. To, I think it's going to be pretty fun. I think it's it's going to be one of those circuits also that the drivers really enjoy driving in. I think with these new cars, with these aerodynamics, going through some of those corners, I, I bet that feels amazing in these new cars. So, yeah. But uh, it's fun. I, I, I always love, I, I love going back to Nürburgring like, like we did uh, this year. I, I love the fact that we're going to Imola. I love the fact that we're going to be going to Turkey. I just, it's those, those, those throwback sort of tracks it's it's good that we have them. It's good that we are still kind of there, even though it's maybe a one-off. But it's it's good that there's that opportunity of watching those circuits again and seeing racing there again. I think it's good. I think I I, I like that. Yeah, I think it's done. I think this year's actually done a lot of a lot of good shining on some of these older circuits you probably didn't think was going to make it back and. I think it's going to give more opportunities for Formula One to have like these alternating races, like they do in Germany. Yeah. Uh, with Hockenheim and uh, the Nurburgring and stuff, they just they're going to have these alternating. You know, I just see them going to Imola one year and then they'll go to Mugello the next year. You know, like just having yeah. these. Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to have this circuit on the track every year, but you're gonna look forward to it for next year. Like the what the big one I was looking forward to this year was what the Netherlands Grand Prix. Zandvoort, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's what I can see. Like we're gonna have more of those. If you're gonna have these races, that you're gonna be more excited because maybe they're not always gonna be on the calendar. I yeah. think it will give. I think it will give fans a different. I think it's good to go to these smaller places too, because you know you're probably going to sell it out. You might not get as much money there as you would say, like a huge, you know, like Silverstone or something. Yeah, but, like Coda. Oh yeah, Coda or you know Silverstone or the uh, what? Even Hockenheim. Yeah. Hockenheim, the Chinese Grand Prix, all those. But it's it's really cool to go to like these smaller tracks because it just kind of gives a little bit of heritage as of the last few years formula one is really since the new owners like took over they've really you know built up the history of formula one you know the legacy and every promotional thing shows everything from the 50s and 60s as well as you know what happened last year and it's all a big heritage promotion yeah and i think this just adds to it and i think it's awesome to see that we're kind of given uh, the chance to see some of these circuits that we, okay, you said you don't, you don't see too often. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's going to be cool. I, I'm looking forward to Imola. I don't know how the racing is going to be, but I am excited for, uh, you know, just uh, the return. I think it's it's overdue. I think they should have maybe gone to like I don't know, 2012. Yeah. No, but better late than never, I guess. Right. Well, I think, you know, we did a little, we kind of did a little bit of everything this this podcast. Um, yep. And I think we kind of did a little preview for what we really want to do. It's I guess I kind of let it out of the bag. We really, if you're still listening at this point, 
we really want to do a big goat debate. And you brought it up with, you know, now Hamilton with 92 wins, he'll tie Schumacher this year, unless, you know, 2020 completely happens and Botox oh, ends up becoming yeah. Schumacher. But um, we're, we wanted to do a big goat debate, and we wanted to bring in a bunch of, you know, data and of course, a lot of it's going to be opinions, but I think when you read the the underrated drivers too, it kind of brought it out because that was one of the ones that you was or I was going to put on the like the Mount Rushmore of yeah. drivers was going to be Jackie Stewart. So I think now that Hamilton is broke the record, I think we're going to have to probably do that maybe for a season finale or something. Because it's I mean, just gonna be... it's a topic. It's one of those topics you can return to every six months, basically. I, when you think about it. Yeah, and, and it's so uh, difficult because he's still going to be in the sport for years to come. Yeah, most likely. So yeah, yeah. I think it's going to change, but yeah, it's it was. I think this is this has been good. It was a lot to talk about. We probably could have gone to Haas. We could have gone into uh, a few more topics, but. I think we'll pick it up again. What Emil is next week, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. No, it's gonna be a two. It's gonna be a two-day event. So it's only having one free practice session on a Saturday. Then you got qualifying. Then you got the race on Sunday. So it's uh, they kind of they're changing it up a little bit. So so yeah. I think if they had any track to do it with, they have if they have a track that was about fifteen. At least 15 years ago that we're having they were having trouble on overtaking i think taking out data is probably the best thing they can probably do to test the two two day format on imola yeah sure sure Bob. that is true all right man this has been fun so it's we'll, been too. yeah we'll we'll definitely pick it up next week in the coming weeks uh whatnot um again if you gotten this far on our rants uh follow us on instagram twitter it's a three tenths up you can find us on spotify anchor um, wherever you find your podcasts and we'll be back again soon thanks toms thank you andrew thank you so much for listening this has been fun all right have a good one all right peace